It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Different intro than normal, but yeah, excited to be part of the Locked On uh, Podcast Network. Zach Blackerby here with you, and for the, the first show of this new era, joined by one of my best friends, Michael Pappas of ESPN. 106.7. Hello, friend. How are you? I'm honored, to be honest with you. Uh, sure. To be a part of the first Locked On Auburn podcast it is truly... I feel like I need a plaque made, honestly. We'll get to that. Yeah, Maybe we can, a trophy? We, we can work on that. A medal. We can, which one do you want? Which one do you want? A plaque. Okay. I want a plaque. All right, we'll work on that. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First off, uh, Auburn sent out... Their fall practice schedule, that starts Friday, so that, uh, that's going to generate a lot of excitement. We got an open uh, viewing period from 2.55 to 3.15 this Friday, and then Malzahn will talk to the media at around 5.45 after practice. And then uh, for, uh, the first day of full pads is Tuesday, and then when is Fan Day? Fan Day is Saturday, August 10th, and then, yeah, first day of class goes... Uh, Monday, August 19th. So, I mean, it's here. It's here. A lot of excitement. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'm ready. A lot of uh, a lot of teams around the country coming out with uh, similar schedules. A lot of reports of media getting more availability than normal, uh, more time to, to view practice. So, not really sure how any teams are going to win this season. Right. Um, since... Well, Auburn only has three viewing periods. So, Auburn should have a pretty successful season because yeah. that's uh, – mm-hmm. you correlate mm-hmm. – uh, how open you are to the media to success. Absolutely. Right. So uh, two uh, two quick things, then we're going to jump into what we're looking forward to most uh, this fall camp. So the big thing is Auburn picked up a 2021 um, quarterback. Most places had a three-star. The first place I saw had a four-star, and I, I wish I remember where that was. But uh, Georgia quarterback Aaron McLaughlin – Committed to the Tigers yesterday, 6'4", 225-pounder. you got to love that. Uh, it looks like a solid build, good frame, and I don't know, the guy seems to really love Auburn. That seems to be a common theme for these recruits lately, um, that they're coming in and they are falling in love with Auburn. Uh, I know that you... You and Painter talked about it either earlier this week or last week when you guys were talking about Cam Martin and how he was like, I just love Auburn. Why would I transfer? Mm-hmm. And and I think that is the most telling part about you know a, a story like this of recruiting. I mean, yes, it, it's big that Auburn brought in another quarterback, but that we can sit here and consistently say that recruit after recruit is coming to Auburn because they love Auburn, not because of what's next. Right. I mean, a lot of times when these guys are picking their colleges, they're picking it for 
who can get them to the NFL. And so these guys who are picking because they love Auburn says a lot about our school. Aaron McLaughlin. I mean, that that's is, great. I mean, it's a good name. It's a classic name. What else do you want for a quarterback? I mean, that's great. That's an awesome name. It, it's hard for me to get too excited about quarterbacks right now. I got to say. He's so far out, too, because it's like, yeah. He, I mean, he's not going to play for a while, assuming everything goes well with Joey and Bo. Yeah. He won't play for five years. Right. I mean, so, but it's still cool. And speaking of a guy not playing for five years, uh, Auburn got his first commitment of the 2022 class, and uh, he is a sophomore right now. Andre Stewart, uh, he is a corner, so that's uh, that's exciting. It's just so early, like literally, he's not ranked yet. So that's it's a just thing kinda... that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important. Well, it's fine. No, it is, but it, that's one of those things that's so early. You, you said he's not ranked yet, but it, like to me, that just doesn't mean a lot. He like he's a sophomore in high school. How many things did you do as a sophomore in high school that you didn't do as a senior? For me, it was a lot. Yeah, the guy I mean, I feel decide, like I was, I was a totally different human. Yeah, at that the point. guy could decide he just like ah, I'm just not that into football anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, obviously that typically doesn't happen, but he could break his leg and be like, I I, I can't come back. Yeah, it's like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But still exciting, I guess. You got you got things going for, for uh, 2022. So I'm being a little cynical today. Yeah, obviously. man. It's the first edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast. I'm hyped let's, about it. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. All right. So in, in just a minute, we're going to do our top five things for uh, that, that we're excited about for Auburn training camp. There was one other thing I was going to talk about. Oh, oh, a friend of the program. An FOP, if you will. Yes. Kenny Thompson. And I'm going to try to get him on before fall practice starts. So I guess that would have to be <clears throat> I guess that would have to be tomorrow, but yeah, Denny Thompson said that uh, he sent me a, a a DM of a tweet, and he, he tweeted out it's public, but a video of Joey Gatewood practicing over the last few weeks, and he he looks good. He looks really really good. You want to watch it? You want to watch it? No, I'll talk you. about it. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, I mean his touch, his delivery. I mean he looks like a crisp passer. All right, that it. I think that's a good segue into the camp stories thing. I don't want to kind of stop and talk about that too much because that's it's one of my one of my things I'm excited for. And the quarterback battle. And I don't want to do it twice. No, not the quarterback battle. Because I was specifically told we could not include that in our list. All right, that's fair. So, but it is. I'm curious how that's relevant to what you're about to talk about. Then, okay, cool. All right, my uh, you want to go from five to one? Yes. I'm hesitant to go from five to one because I said what my number one one is yesterday with Sumner. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Okay, I didn't I didn't hear that. You didn't hear it? I didn't listen okay. to it all the way through. All right. I had like five minutes left. I'm going to be honest with you. That, that's you. when we talked about it, so that so. makes sense. That makes sense. You're listening to the Locked On Auburn podcast. All right, let's look at running backs. All right, so uh, yeah, my number my number five one is is the running back situation, and I think some people and you could argue as far as importance, it maybe should be higher, but I'm just kind of tired of talking about it. But really, just uh, the overall, you know, okay, who is going to take over in any given situation? I think Booby Whitlow is going to have 
a big chunk of the carries. You know, I, I know everyone is saying, Justin said it earlier on the show, that he's going to he's gonna lead in carries among running backs, and I, I think that's pretty clear unless injury happens or, or, or you know, someone just explodes. A, a very odd circumstance would have to happen for Booby Whitlow to not lead the team in carries. But I want to see, you know, who leads it on, you know, third and ten. You know, Deshaun Shivers offer more on third and ten than Booby Whitlow does, or third and long. You know, who's going to get these goal line carries? You know, so I want to see who steps up in these different situations, or does Malzahn do what he's done in the past with some of these better guys that he's really liked and say, all right, you're going to do everything. When you get tired, your backup will come in. Uh, I had a similar number five. Okay. And it is roster watch. Will he be listed as Jatarvius or will he be listed as Booby? That's a great question. I bet it's Booby. Really? Because we've had two years of Jatarvius. I think he's going to be the starting running back, like you said. Uh, my my storylines here are a little different than yours. I love it. Um, but, yeah. I, is I, he listed officially? Is he officially listed as Booby? Because we've because seen Big Cat. What we've everyone called him Big Cat. And I think, I think an underrated story or an underrated part of the legend of Big Cat is once he got enlisted as Big Cat, which I started day one, they changed it. To a K, big cat with a K. It's like that changed. And I'm like, that's oh, awesome. That changed? Yes. I didn't know that. It was originally big cat with a C, and now it's big cat with a K. I, I'm going to be honest. I bet this is off topic, but obviously there's the personality who works for Barstool Sports who goes by big cat uh-huh. with a C. So it for his separate brand, it would be smart for big cat Bryant to go with the K. I'm cool with that. I uh, love that's that. smart. I mean, good. I love it. Good branding. I love it. So that is All that. Right. Yeah, my number five. So less your football related. Okay, my, my number five was like you know just the whole running backs in, situation in total. So it's like, <clears throat> man, I got something on my throat. But so like Shivers and Martin, you know, who, who's going to win that battle? Yeah. I think that's a bigger storyline to watch than you know who's going to be the starter. But who who's the true clear cut number mm-hmm. two, or does it depend on, depend on situation? You know, uh, and. To your point, I mean, I think that'll be very telling about the offense. If the number two is a one of the bigger, taller, stockier guys, that could lean more to um, their guy's going to be in there for the passing downs, maybe for extra protection or something. Uh-huh. And if it's one of these um, smaller, more like scat-type backs, I, I know Sean Chivers likes to run over people, but he's still he can do short and fast, so I'm, I'm going to refer to him as a scat-type back. He... Uh, he and Cam Martin, who were going to be more of you know those receiving threats, jet sweep threats on those third down plays, and so yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Not on my list, but I, I do agree with with that being on yours. And then one other part of the, my my fifth point that I want to touch on is I want to see multiple running backs in formations. I want to see two running back sets, whether that's what they did with Corey Grant as far as putting a running back in the slot and motioning him. Like, can you do that with Sean Shivers? Sure, you absolutely could. Or, you know, you want to move a guy, two guys in the backfield. I just think it makes the defense prepare for more. And with Malzahn back to calling the plays, which for some reason is a storyline every offseason here at Auburn, I want to see what that looks like when you have two guys in the backfield at the same time. I think I think you can add a lot to it. I'm not sure... I necessarily agree with that, but okay. only because with a guy like Anthony Schwartz, I feel like you could argue that having the wide receiver there in the slot, I mean, that guy, 
if he's coming on a jet sweep, it would be just as terrifying, if not more so, than the other two guys. Or, or any running back you could put in the slot. And then you have the, the addition of him you know, being a full-time wide receiver who presumably is a better route runner than I the think Sean Shivers would be better in that role than Schwartz. I think Schwartz offers the ability and a higher threat to run a route from the slot, like mm-hmm. before the motion starts. And so like you got to prepare for that. Maybe it kind of helps you manipulate what defender is put on him. But as far as like the actual like just jet sweep or just the motion and the speed, it's like there's like a tenth of a second difference in speed between the two. Because I mean Schwartz yeah. was first in everything and then Shivers was second, you know, by you know, a tenth of a second or whatever. But also, I think Shivers moves better. I mean, you still have to turn, you know, you got to turn the corner and then you got to make people miss. And I think Shivers would be better at that than Schwartz. Um, I don't disagree with that. I guess my point is just I'm not sure that that is as big of a camp story to look at because if you have a Schwartz who's listed as a wide receiver lining up as a wide receiver, that's not really a story, but could be just as effective. Okay, gotcha. All right, my number four is. What type of uh, what type of gusts do we see, and what kind of gusts do the players see? The big story with SEC Media Days is how relaxed Gus Malzahn was, how he looked, you know, chipper, maybe a little bit of a, a, an edginess to him. So, what kind of what kind of Malzahn do we see? Does he lead the same way that he has in the past? And sadly, we won't get to see a lot of this. We'll get to see the press conference version of it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's a little more forthcoming. Maybe he's a little more edgy. Maybe. Maybe he addresses some things that he wouldn't typically in the past. But, yeah, that's my number four is what kind of Gus Malzahn do we see in fall camp this year? My number four also about the coaching staff. No way. It is. It's, we are uh, so in line right now, man. Um, my number four is what does, uh, what does Kenny Dillingham do? Okay. Because, you know, he's the quarterback's coach and, and the uh, the offensive coordinator, but we know he's not calling plays. We know that it's – you know, it's, it's Gus's offense. Yeah. So, so what exactly – the idea, I guess, from my perspective, would be that Kenny has a bigger role in practices since he's not doing, you know, the play calling, the playbook stuff. Yeah, so, so yeah. I'm sure is, he's really involved in, like, preparation mm-hmm. and, and So, so and all what, that. I guess, is his, his role then during practice to kind of take some of the pressures off of Gus so Gus isn't – having to act as full-time head coach and full-time offensive coordinator. Right. And I guess um, Cody Burns kind of goes with that, too, being a co-offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they just that to keep him there. I don't think that changes his actual role. I think it just changes his title. I, I, I don't really disagree with that either. I mean, and, and you could say the same thing about Kenny Dillingham. They're the glorified position coaches. But I do think, I do think uh, Dillingham will be – very, very close to Gatewood and Knicks. I think he's going to be a big part of their Sandberg. progression. What's up? It's an Sandberg. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. He's alive, too. I'm sorry. You're right. And maybe in five years, they'll have uh, McLaughlin, too. So yeah. that'll be cool. That'll be fun. And then, uh, you know, you, you mentioned it's Malzahn's offense. And so how do we see Malzahn throw that offense? High tempo. A lot of, lot of stuff. At these young quarterbacks, you know, how does he modify his play calling to that? And once again, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of that until they're playing Oregon in a few weeks. But still, I don't even think it's Oregon. I think it's like week six. You think so? 
I mean, that's kind of been the Malzahn story. This is kind of kind of getting off topic, but the Malzahn story has always been that he's so paranoid about showing things on film that, like, for the first, you got to beat Oregon, though. I know you got to. Maybe it's Texas A&M after the like, whatever. Okay, uh, I'll say my number three next. Okay, go ahead. My number three, real simple, Owen Papo. Okay, linebacker's my number two. Okay, we'll talk about it. we can talk about that. Um, obviously, linebacker is coming in as kind of a question mark. Three starters from last year are departing. There's a very highly touted recruit in Owen Papo coming in, and then there are the guys who've been on the roster, and I'm really excited for all the reports of Owen Papo is, you know, a doing a stud, doing a eight monster. things really well, and then the guy in the comments that's like, but he's undersized. Yeah, but yeah, he could be undersized to be a good linebacker. Oh, but college. he's a freshman, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, my big thing, my my, my takeaway for linebackers, my question is, all right, like, who's going to be the number two and number three guy? Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about KJ Downhill Britt, and I say his full name out of respect. What's his name? KJ Downhill Britt. Perfect. But then it's like, all right, who is that? Uh, you know, kind of the the story immediately ending last season was, all right, it's going to be. KJ Downhill Britt and Chandler Wooten, also known as It's Me Wu Tang on Twitter. But then chatter about Wooten has kind of really dropped off a bit. And there's been a lot of talk about Zacoby McLean. Mm-hmm. I know Justin Ferguson at The Athletic and ESPN 1067, very high on McLean. And he's hearing stuff from, from inside the athletic department saying, like, this guy has a chance to start. And then obviously Owen Papo. So can both of these guys pass Chandler Wooten? You know, what is that what what do all their roles look like? Because I wouldn't be shocked if it is McLean based on some of the stuff that, that I'm hearing. But also from a talent standpoint and just a natural ability standpoint, Owen Papo can do things that nobody else can. And that's why mine is just kind of all about Owen Papo because I think this whole linebacking core, we've got the three guys we've mentioned or really you mentioned, in addition to Owen Papo, that are kind of slotted as the starters. And so the whole, the only thing that can really cause a lot of questions is Owen Papo showing up and showing out. And we right. started to see that a little bit in the spring. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we see that in the fall and we've got a, we get to see, you know, a three or four year starter on that defense. My thing is, and going back to the, the not talking about Chandler Wooten, is it, it, he's the one that got injured or hurt at a day, right? Yeah, and but then, he's fine now. Yeah, bounce back pretty quickly. The uh, I wonder if we trailed off conversations about him because it got boring, and then like oh, and Papo, and then oh, we haven't talked about Zacoby that much. Mm-hmm. Like, are they the new shiny, trendy topics? And or maybe it's maybe inside the athletic department, it's assumed that like he is that number two guy, so they don't really need to talk about him, and so then they're bringing up Zacoby and. Papo because those are the guys yeah. really battling for that third spot, which isn't to say that they're all four not going to play. I mean, guys get tired during games. Usually teams play more than just their starters, on, especially on defense. Right. I have a, uh, a special place in my heart for Zacoby because he doesn't know this. Zacoby doesn't know this. But I think everyone who has a name that starts with a Z, we all got to band together because there's not many of us. You know what I'm saying? You don't, because your name starts with an M. Michael Pappas. I was about to say, my name's Michael. It's one of the more common names for right. my generation of men. It's not Michael. It's Michael. You know what I'm saying. 
You're listening to the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, my number three, we already did my number two. My number three was who's the number two wide receiver after Seth? Mm-hmm. And you know, we talked about Schwartz, and I think Schwartz's speed is a great asset, but that's not enough to be a great wide receiver. We saw him get open. I think he's going to have to get schemed open to some extent. Now, the thing is, is you know, whatever Malzahn draws up and calls from a you know play calling standpoint, if they make a safety or DB hesitate at all, he's past him. Right, he's got the speed to you know exaggerate that win a little bit more, but. Is that enough to be the number two guy? Because whoever it is throwing the football, I think it's going to be Joey Gatewood. But regardless of who it is, their chemistry and connection is going to be important. So is that going to be Schwartz? Could we see Eli Stove or Will Hastings take that step forward? And, you know, when you have a young quarterback coming in, you may rely on one of the older guys. So I, I think that's going to be interesting to see who the number two wide receiver is. I agree, and a lot of times we see um, these really fast guys, especially like Tyreek Hill, who's a guy that Anthony Schwartz gets compared to a lot because of their speed. I hate that, and I've done it. But now that like Tyreek Hill is like not a good human, yeah, I don't like. I'm going to try to not on the football field. I'm going to try to. We're talking on. Let's use T.Y. Hilton. Okay, T.Y. Hilton's great. I think I don't think he's done anything bad. No, we'll look. Someone look that up. Let us. He went to a small school (laughs) though, so now I'm kind of (laughs) like. I think someone he went to FIU. Someone, uh, not problematic. We can compare Anthony <laughs> like Deshaun Jackson. I'm like, maybe not that either. <laughs> um, anyway, Bartavis Bryant. No, never mind. <laughs> from the standpoint of, um, they'll get hit. They'll get you know hit for one of those massive, massive plays over the top, and then they'll interview the the defensive backs who are constantly like, yeah, you like you can't. Tell how fast they are in film. Like it's nothing yeah. like, like actually seeing the speed. You think you've got it. You think you know. You see people take the wrong angles or or let them get over the top, but it's nothing like in real life. And so, I mean, you even see it a little bit with Will Hastings. You even see it a little bit with Will Hastings. And so, uh, that that I think is hashtag something. quicker than fast for Will. I mean, Will's plenty fast. He's not plenty fast. He's not that fast of a dude. I mean, he's, he's quick and he he's, can get open, but say he's fast. Come I mean, he's on. fast enough to get behind defenses. But he gets behind defenses because of the double moves in the scheme. I don't think he's getting behind defenses because he's fast. Okay. Yes, it is a lot in the double moves and the route running and everything. I mean, he's but fast enough to capitalize on it. Yeah, right, that's right. What it's I'm not saying. me or you. It's like, oh, they bid on this, you know, yeah. this route, so now I can Gus run. Gus Malzahn sure. could not scheme me open. Like, that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, he could, he, like, okay, that's what I'm saying. He's plenty fast. I mean, or he could scheme you open. You just couldn't do anything with it. I could, I could probably catch the ball, but I, he couldn't scheme me open over the top. Like, 
any defensive back in the SEC is going to be able to catch up to me. I'm just slow. Like, it's not. But I do believe in you. Thank you. Appreciate I do that. believe in you. Uh, my number two is going to tie back. This is the, the Joey Gatewood tie-in. I cannot wait for the reports about how good the quarterbacks look on Friday in shorts. Uh-huh. My, those are my favorite stories. I'm going to be a part of it, man. I'm going to do that now yeah. just to... It's, no, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic either. It happens with the combine. It happens with pro days. It happens all the time where guys are like, this quarterback looks amazing in shorts. Do you think Cam Martin drops a pass in shorts? Probably not. He's done it before. I, I, I mean... Cam Martin doesn't like to catch the ball. How about uh, Nathan Peterman? He was in the news the other day. Yeah. Um, he looked great in shorts at his pro day. Didn't right. look so great throwing six picks in the first half. Um, it's crazy. What's his name? Uh, Josh Allen got picked seventh overall because of how Gruden, good he looked in Gr- shorts. There was a quote that I saw. Gruden said, this Peterman guy is really growing on me. And he called him Nate Peterman. Rebranding from Nathan. Nathan. We left Nathan in Buffalo. What if that was the problem? Nate now. That was the whole problem, man. It's all fixed now. So, so that's I'm excited about the reports at how good – how well the quarterbacks are throwing the ball, standing around in shorts and T-shirts. All right, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is how the offensive line is doing blocking the defensive line. One-on-one. Like, that is a great one, Michael. Ones against ones. That's so good. I love that. I didn't even think about that. I appreciate that. I'm a little bit offended that you seem very surprised. I took this seriously. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it in a negative way. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. The I'm offensive line, it. obviously, one of the weaker points of, of the offense last season. So, here, here, Can I poke a hole in it? Yeah. When they scrimmage, they don't typically do ones versus one. I don't know why. But they, they don't appear to do mm-hmm. one, one v one as much as I would think they should. But, um, so, but surely they're going to do that to get this offensive line ready, right? Hopefully they... I can't imagine they wouldn't do one-on-one reps in practice. I mean, even if it's not like five-on-five, but just, yeah, you know, Derek Brown versus Markel Harrell, maybe. Who wins? Got to assume Derek Brown, but who wins in a fight, Prince Tager or Derek Brown? <sighs> I think I might go Tager. I think I would too. I think I would too. He's taller, I... right? He got the the reach. Yeah, I assume he weighs more too. He may not actually. I don't know. They're I both... feel like Derek Brown's like six foot three thirty and or not six six five three thirty or three twenty and but take us like take six, us like seven. six seven. Yeah. So that two that that reach is what I'm going with. Yeah, I, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. All right, my number one. I talked about it yesterday. The cornerback situation. Mm-hmm. I want to see who can emerge as a number two guy. You know, there there was talk about it being Javaris Davis. I think Javaris Davis needs to be in the middle of the field. So my thing is, can, can Christian Tut? Can King Tut? Can he be the number two guy opposite of Noah Igbenogany? And then you keep Javaris Davis in the middle of the field. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that because we talked about it on the yesterday's edition of the Auburn podcast. But give me a, uh, a a quick response to your thoughts on that. The last Auburn podcast yesterday. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Locked On Auburn podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I- I'm confident in the defense. And it should not be understated how much it helps to have a dominant defensive line. It, right. it really, sh- I mean, and, and to have a defensive line that can get in the backfield and make the quarterback throw the ball quickly, 
Um, it really, really is going to help the back end of that defense. And so the uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm confident they can find someone yeah. that's good enough. All right, we got a we got a listener question real quick, and we're going to wrap this up. You ready? It's from uh, Colonel Steve on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start calling him the Gloat, the greatest listener of all time. Oh wow, you cool with that? Yeah, Colonel Steve. Let me know if you're cool with uh, being called the Gloat. Uh, he said, "All right, hey, which Auburn football player, offense and defense, could we least afford to lose this season? Not trying to jinx us." I'm saying Prince Tega on offense, and on defense, I will say Noig Benogany. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I like the Tega pick. Okay. Uh, I think there's the, not another tackle. No one else can do that. Yeah. I mean, I think the argument could really be made for anyone on the offensive line except I, I, the center. I think. I think the two tackles. I, I don't know. I mean, interior offensive lineman is just kind of. Yeah, Gus pulls guards a lot, though, doesn't he? He hasn't, but we're thinking that he's about to again. Yeah, because Braden Smith used to pull all the time, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I would guess it's one of the, uh, one of the. I mean, we saw the backup center play a little bit last season, not a whole bunch, but I don't remember his name. Um, Brahms is Brahms a starter? Brahms, yeah. The Caleb Kim's a starter. Okay, Caleb Kim's a starter. Brahms is, is the backup. So I, if if someone was going to go down on the O line, I'd feel most confident if it was the center that the backup could come in, which is weird for an offensive line. Usually, the center is the kind of the glue. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, either tackle Tega or Troxel, <clears throat> okay, or Driscoll. Taylor All right, Driscoll. what about defense? I think it's going to be Derek Brown. But not from a field standpoint. Yeah, because of the depth. Because, of the, but from a leadership standpoint, I, I think that that would be rather deflating for the defense to yeah. lose kind of your vocal leader, the guy. You know what I mean? Kind of like the guy who rallies you together, the guy who's that that senior who has come back and who is, you know, who, who has been like, I believe in this team. I believe in these guys. Ooh, They're my family. I came back for them. Yeah, and to have him go down, I feel like it would be pretty demoralizing. Do you hear that hiccup I just did? Yeah, that sounded pretty weird. Right? I love this defense, though. I mean, I'm from a, the defense should be great. From a purely football standpoint, I think almost all these guys have like there's enough depth on this defense to replace almost anyone. They should beat the crap out of everybody. Yeah, as far as just physically, just wear people out, but. All right, cool. So uh, our first edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast is in the books. Thanks so much for hanging out. Where can people find you and hear you, boss? Uh, they can find me at Couch Potato on Twitter, and uh, they can soon find my name on the plaque you're going to get me. Perfect. And Michael will be the co-host with Daniel Allen Peck Oh yeah. for after the game. So as soon as the game is over, tune into ESPN 106.7, or if you live – out of the area, you can download the app, but you guys will have this an and instant. online also. Yeah, ESPNAU.com. But you guys uh, will be uh, hosting a two-hour post-game show after every uh, after every Auburn football game. It's a call-in, so there'll be a lot of a uh, lot of emotion there. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Thank you, Me Michael. Too. This has been another edition of well, the first the edition, first edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast.
NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.